Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another podcast episode in which I'm joined by a a great guest. And he's not just a great guest because I know he's going to give you some tremendous value. He's a great guest because he's got some fascinating interests and has recently um, gone down the whole of the Grand Canyon, I think 280 miles uh, whitewater rafting and rafting down the Grand Canyon. So I'm sure we're going to learn Uh, a little bit of experience and lessons from that. But also, we've been really good friends. We've worked together as coaches. Dwight's been in my my group program for some time. Uh, And we're both Christians as well. So, you know, we have a lot of commonality in what we're going to talk about today. And Dwight is one of those people I've been trying to pin down and get him as a guest on the podcast. And I'm really, really pleased to have you on the podcast today, Dwight. So thank you for being here. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. And just to give the listeners a little bit of detail about you, obviously, you're the owner of Forward One Business Coaching with over 30 years of business experience helping small business owners, nonprofits, and startups achieve their objectives. In particular, I know you work with a lot of um, camps and Christian camps as well. Yep, outdoor programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. Uh, which fits very well with your activity and your lifestyle. So, Dwight, you started out as a warehouse worker um, and you did that to finish your degree in outdoor leadership. But uh, upon encouragement from a boss, you went back to school and completed an MBA. Uh, You've had lots of opportunities to gain experience in human resources, finance, marketing and operations and supply chain. Uh, And obviously, I know you've helped start a charter school in Colorado Springs, which is where you're based, and have also started and run vessels for on a rafting company for 10 years uh, on the Arkansas River, which is great. And obviously, when we first spoke, I think you were just in the transition of from that to, to coaching as well. A couple of things here that you shared, which people don't normally put in their bio, actually, but I'm just going to go through these for the listeners. Your favourite book, is the all-time bestseller, an incredible uh, ancient book of wisdom, the Bible. It takes this top slot for you. Your favourite movie is Remember the Titans. Uh, and obviously, this has become a classic, as you as you say there, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. And your hobby is still a whitewater rafting, canoeing, and mountain biking. And we're going to talk about your, your favourite drink uh, in, in a moment. Uh, but tell me a little bit more about why the the movie remember the titans is is such a poignant movie for you yeah you know um and and this was before um you know all all of the um you know in the last year or so um race issues and things have become you know a, a a huge huge um issue um, you know, equity, inclusion, and all of those yep. kinds of things. <clears throat> but really, my the reason it became such a um, a favorite for me um, was just the fact that um, the kind of the conquer and divide. And so you had 
you had a white coach that was displaced by a black coach, but then the white coach ends up staying on, but with the agreement that, hey, I'll handle the, you do offense, I'll do the defense, we'll just, we'll just do our own thing, and, um, and we'll see what happens, and so that was sort of their agreement, as long as, you know, as long as you, you know, kept them from scoring, and you put points on the board, we were good. And that worked them all the way down to the championship game. They lost one of their key players and they were going to lose the game. Halftime comes in, they're going to lose. And, and finally the white coach says, Hey, you know what? He's, he's, he's beating my rear. Like I need help. We got to work together on this thing. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was literally um, the fact that they worked together. They, they had to put their heads together um, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and break down the barriers. And by doing that, they were able to pull out the championship of uh, a game and win the championship. So you can be really good um, by having a division of labor and yeah. silos. Yeah. You can be good, but you can't be the best. And so that's the thing that I love. That's it. To me, that was the big takeaway. And I just love, I just love the way the film was, uh, was produced and there's there's so many different things that you can uh, that you can draw but to me that was the big one yeah and, and I think as you've put in here in the notes that you sent across you know it's that setting aside the the individual pride and individual performance isn't it and going for that common interest yes. of the team and for the success so yeah yep, absolutely and, yeah and, and think, it's, it's uh, a film I've never seen so thank you for giving me a bit of an insight oh, yeah. into the film oh, so yeah yep yeah and if, I mean even if you don't like football, okay, I guess we, you know, Americans have a different idea, yeah. <laughs> different definition, but um, yeah, our, our, our football is a little different state, but you know, you, you'll get. Yeah. And, and, and I know there's a, there's a hockey version, an ice hockey version of that as well, because I've seen that on the coach going to Banff once, which uh, was a very similar style of film for ice hockey as well. So I think you've covered both bases there. So thinking about what we're drinking today, Dwight, tell us what it is that you have been drinking and a little bit more about why it's your favorite drink. Yeah, so I wasn't sure if I was going to get onto this podcast because when hmm. you found out I don't drink coffee, it's sort of like my family that, you know, generations of Swedes and they all drink, you know, they drink their coffee and they drink it black and hard and and it's, yep. you know, but I, yeah, I'm a weird guy. I, 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 I'm the only one in the family and the only one on your podcast, maybe that, that doesn't drink coffee, but. Oh, it's been 50, 50, so don't worry. (laughs) Okay. 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 Well, um, yeah. So I really do like, uh, Coca-Cola. Um, but I, it it was interesting, Simon, this, this is, this is what I like to to drink. Um, and I'm showing you the bottle. Yep. Because so obviously the listeners can't them. see the bottle. So just describe the bottle to the listeners. Oh, they, can't, oh, they can't see it. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, so I have, I like to drink it from the bottle that, I mean, it comes from Mexico. Um, yep. It's the only place that they manufacture it and they use as a sweetener instead of the corn syrup, they use um, the, um, the cane sugar. Um, okay. And so it, to me, it, it just is an experience because you get an ice cold bottle, you get it with the cane um, sugar, and I just think there's nothing that, uh, that beats that. Yeah. Well, there was a study that Coca-Cola did, and they said there's no difference. 
there's uh, scientifically, we've done the studies and um, the, no one can actually determine the difference. And so Mexico was actually going to shut down and just do corn syrup because they could save a lot of money. And yeah. the U.S. went crazy and said, what? We're not going to buy, you know, <laughs> we're not going to buy Coke. If <laughs> we can taste the difference. So whether it's psychological or whether it's real, so, I'm not sure. But to so, me, it makes <laughs> let, Let's have a masterclass in Coca-Cola then. So <laughs> I didn't know there was any difference. So if you buy a, a bottle, a glass bottle of Coca-Cola, is it just the glass bottles that come from, from Mexico and the cans I come believe, from the US? I, I believe that the only, the only Coke that is packaged in the bottle, I believe that that all comes from Mexico. And that has the different type of sugar sauce, which obviously from your point of view makes it really special and very different. And a lot of people in the US as well with the sounds of it. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in fact, I think that for in-country... I think that Mexico did go to the uh, to the corn syrup. So if you're in Mexico, you might end up not getting Mexican Coke. <laughs> yeah, that's like Guinness in Scotland, uh, Guinness in Ireland. You know, um, yeah, they got infuriated when London was shipping Guinness back to Ireland, and obviously it's not made with the same water and the same ingredients uh, that the Irish Guinness is. So uh, yeah, that caused a bit of a mutiny as well. So, um. You've said there you like to drink it straight out of the bottle and, and when it's cold. Is there anything else, and I'm probably treading on thin, thin ice here, but is there anything else you like sometimes to have as a special treat with cocoa? You know, do you like to mix it with anything? Is, or is there anything that, you know, if there's a real special uh, occurrence that you would take it differently or have a, well, a different favourite drink? You know, okay, a different favourite. Uh, if... Okay, so so I do like root beer, and I like different um, different styles of root beer. So the the small batch uh, specialty um, type, um, and then if that can be ice cooled in a frosty mug with uh, with a scoop of a very um, solid, not not mushy ice cream, but but a nice solid. Oh, okay. oh now you get vanilla ice cream, and you put that in. <laughs> Now that's a whole, that's completely different. Yeah. Uh, so Coca-Cola yes. for everyday drinking, root beer with a, a scoop <laughs> of hard vanilla ice cream is, is the, is the, is the, uh, the uh, special that, that's treat. Dessert. That's dessert. So you got to do the Coke with the meal, but then for dessert, you come out with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I must admit from the listener's point of view, um, I don't drink much coca-cola at all i'm a big coca-cola fan if i you know i'm not any other brand so if coca-cola would like to sponsor this podcast i'm more than happy to turn it into business success <laughs> and coca-cola uh for an amount of money that is but <laughs> um you know we and i like you know the traditional you know full fat you know full sugar coca-cola uh and i don't drink that much of it but when i do i don't drink it on its own generally my favorite would be with coca-cola has to be bacardi so at home the only ah. time i drink coca-cola is <clears> if <throat> it's got either white rum bacardi in it or we do have a um a dark rum that my wife likes to drink with it as well occasionally yeah, okay. just because she's got the bottle open i'll have a, a dark rum i find it just very easy to drink but i think that's more because when i used to go to spain and to europe drinking 
that was the drink of choice in the bars as a young person. So it just became something that was very easy to drink. I was never a vodka person, but definitely a Bacardi and Coke person. Again, uh-huh. lots of ice, Bacardi and Coke, slice of lemon. That's it. That's me done. Okay. Yeah. So that's definitely me. So moving on to uh, the business, and I know obviously you've had various involvements uh, in your own businesses and with other people's business. Now you've got forward one business coaching. What's been the latest or most significant thing that you've either fixed or worked on or evolved in your own business that we can share with the listeners? Yeah. So I think you are aware um, that early on um, in, in my coaching, um, I realized that a lot of the businesses, a lot of business owners, um, people that I was talking with, were actually looking for something that was a little bit different than what I think we would normally define as coaching. Mm-hmm. And so they were, they were wanting, they were wanting consulting, they were wanting, they were wanting coaching, but they were also wanting a little more of like contract implementation. Uh, yeah. I, I guess what we might say, rolling up the sleeves, getting in and, exactly. and really helping um, them. And so I, I started doing that. And, and I, and I uh, came up with a term, I call it console coaching. So it's, it's rolling kind of all three of those together. And what I found though over, well, especially um, since COVID hit, um, now I could have uh, potentially, um, I think worked with a lot more businesses, but I intentionally um, limited and, and decided to spend more time with those that I was already in a relationship with. Um, and what that did though, Simon, is that it, um, it, it, it kind of, it, it helped them a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think that those businesses came out and were, were thriving um, quite well, but it did put a little bit of, uh, you know, hampered my, my business, of course, because I wasn't, I discontinued some things, some regular communication that I was doing and, and, and just, um, you know, just being out there and bringing in um, new clients. And, and I realized that I was actually spending too much time on the, the, the roll up your sleeves and, and help get things done. In fact, it was just, it was getting down to a granular, granular level. <clears throat> yeah. So what I did here at, at the end of the year is I had to kind of ratchet that back, reevaluate, okay, what, what is that part of the console coaching look like? Um, and I realized, yeah, I need to, I need to up that a little bit better. We need to make sure that the managers and the, um, and the, and the coordinators and, and the staff are doing those uh, detail related things. Um, and so just trying to work through um, with, uh, with clients and, and step out of that um, role because um, that, yeah, it was just taking too much of my time. Um, and that was really limiting. And then the, the thing that um, I decided to focus on here towards, in, towards the end of the year was how can I take what I've been learning, what, what has been really working uh, for these organizations, especially the nonprofits, um, what can I do that would help to leverage my time? And I decided that, hey, you know, in five years, I think I did like, I think I produced like one webinar. Yep. And so yeah. my... My goal here for the next year, and I, I actually created one webinar here at the end of the year, but is to um, try to get at least one webinar uh, created each quarter 
And so what I feel is that that's going to really help to um, uh, leverage my time and, and get really important information out to a lot of people, be very helpful, um, but, but also be able to um, have a really good use of my time. So that, that's yeah. something yeah. that I feel was a, a pretty significant uh, shift. Yeah. So, you know, this is a, a, an issue that a lot of coaches, a lot of consultants and people who bridge between the two. And, you know, I love the way you say sleeves rolled up coaching because I'm very much like that. I'm not a consultant. Uh, you know, I don't want to do it for people, but it sounds like you were very much shifting to doing it for them rather than doing it with them. And in, in my experience, if, you, if people embrace that and they start to release that more to you, then it actually doesn't help them, does it? So it's not just the fact Correct. that it's taking more of your time. It's actually no, not serving them that way. I was yeah. enabling, I was enabling the, the founder or the director or the business owner. I was actually enabling them to actually be, maybe actually be a little lazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and so, yeah, they really need to, to take ownership and, and, to, and to be thriving and to be doing, providing the leadership. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what do you do? You know, do you go out and fish and feed a family or do you teach the family to fish? You know, uh, which is which is the one that has the longer term. The, the first one feels great, doesn't it? I mean, when you help businesses like that, mm -hmm. the, the impact is instant, isn't it? You know, they instantly feel that they're getting value from you. But what they don't see is that there is a lack of, value later on there's almost a diminishing returns isn't there through that correct exactly exactly yeah. yep so so how how do you feel that the shift to going from doing so much for them to doing and getting them to do more themselves how how does that shift happen what what kind of difficulties have you faced and what kind of resistance or embracing have you had from people that you've been making that shift with <clears throat> yeah some some it's been um yeah, well it's been okay with some uh, others have felt like uh mm, it, it's it's almost like when when if you have like a key employee like your right hand man um gives their resignation yep <laughs> you feel like oh i've been abandoned i i feel yep. uh like you know i've been you know shot in the side or something yeah. and and so i think that that has been probably the maybe the most challenging is is trying to to continue the relationship but but in a in a different manner and i don't know and it may be that the relationship is just hey we're we're still friends but you need you know you yeah. here's the roadmap um and if we don't want to work together that's okay um yeah. but we can but if we do it needs to be with these parameters and and this is the structure this is what it's going to look like yeah. so i we're still actually with one um, organization that I've spent a lot of uh, personal time with, uh, probably the most challenging. Um, so we're actually still in that process right now. And I have stepped back. And what it's done is it's really good because um, there have been staff that have stepped in that have taken um, the responsibilities. And I'm loving what I am seeing um, yeah. so far. And so whether I do another five minutes with them on strategy or anything, 
um, it, it really, I don't think it will matter um, for the health of the organization. Yeah. I think that they will be able to do well, but it was a tough transition. Yeah, and it almost, I'm glad you said abandonment because it almost feels like a separation, doesn't it? You know, uh, you know you're leaving me, you know, like you say, you've handed over the resignation. And I think for, for many of the listeners listening to this podcast, you know, they might not be coaches and consultants you know, that might have the business. And I think this goes, whether you're selling a product or the service, if you step over the line of helping businesses by doing it for them, way too much even if you're a company that does do that level of consulting or that level of service it's still a balance where if you go too far over any kind of step back feels like separation it feels like divorce it feels like you're abandoning the ship it feels like you're letting them down so i'd encourage anybody listening to this to examine that relationship and just see which side of that line and it's a very very difficult line to establish but which side of that line are you? Have you got to the point where you're doing too much for clients? I was talking to somebody the other day, Dwight, and they said this client that they had, they just seem to pick up the phone, ring, and they expect us to do it. And when we don't do it straight away, they're on our back. And it's it's because they've they've <clears> not <throat> only have they not set the expectations of that client, but they've let that relationship get to that point. And the company is now in a position where they've got to say, I'm sorry, but we cannot respond in these kind of timescales. And of course, then it feels like, oh, well, that's what we've had for so long. Why are you now changing the relationship? Well, they're not changing the relationship. They just allowed it to creep, haven't they? You know, we talk about scope mm -hmm. creep and it doesn't matter whether it's a product. It doesn't matter whatever it is. You've got to be careful that you don't go too far and set a behavior that is reliant upon you. That they, And it, it harms the business, but it harms them as well, doesn't it? Yes, yes. And, you know, I know that it, as an employee, um, you know, you, 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 you kind of think that, oh, you know, when the CEO or the president um, comes up with an idea and they say, well, you know, I've, I think this is the best thing. This is the, the newest, the greatest. Yeah. And we I want to implement. And um, how, how long do you think they want to wait for that? No, they, they want it to happen, you know, yeah. immediately. So part of the of what I did when I was actually working uh, within a structure was anticipating what what the boss was going to come up with next and be being yeah. ready to have have that. Yeah. But but the thing is, that's one thing when you're in the structure, um, it, it doesn't work at all, really, um, when you're in a coaching or console coaching relationship. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it, it can be very unhealthy yeah. or if it's a client in a customer relationship you know if the yes. if if the you know if you as the business are trying to have a relationship with a client that's like that and you're forever trying to please and be at their beck and call then that's ne that's never going to be a good relationship so so thank you for sharing that so from a point of view of this move what kind of difference has it made what kind of impact has it had on on you and your business you know we've talked about what kind of impact it's had on theirs but what kind of impact has it had mm. on you and your business mm, it well um yes yeah, so in one sense it it was um as if there was i i felt a just a sense of of freedom mm -hmm. um and a real sense of 
Um, well, I, Simon, you know this. I, I actually experienced um, COVID um, yeah. and had uh, five days where I was in the hospital. And during that time, we had already started the, the changes. But during that time, it, it gave me time to kind of reflect on the many blessings um, that, that I have and the value of oxygen and, and yeah. all of those things. But also thinking about, hey, so with this change, what is it? Um, what, what, what will this look like? Um, and I came out of that experience with this great anticipation as to what I felt um, the, the year ahead um, had in store. And so for me, it's just been, um, yeah, it's just been like a release, uh, just like freedom now, uh, because I'm, I don't, I don't want to be held hostage um, to my, uh, my clients and my, and those that I'm working with, I'm there to help, but I, I don't, I don't want to be, um, you know, in that and, and feeling now uh, one of the points that I, that I felt I took away um, from the hospital was that, that just, Hey, just because someone's success or failure, someone else's success and failure is not, does not translate into my success or failure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, 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 and you don't, I, I you don't want to be a linchpin neither, do you? you? You know, you say you don't want to be hostage uh, to them, but actually, if you're in hospital and you're the linchpin because you're doing so much for them and you're helping them so much and you're being at their beck and call, when you're not, actually, they feel that they're being held hostage by you because suddenly uh, this this resource isn't available. Yes. What do we do? Where do we go? Why why don't we know what to do with it? And any mm. linchpin in a business is, is never a good thing to have, is it? So, uh, so yeah, that that's, is correct. That's, that's a great lesson. Yeah. Yeah. So just before we, we go on to the, uh, the tip to share with the listeners, you've, you've mentioned there um, the, the webinar. Who, who is the webinar for and where can people go to find out more about it or to sign up for it? And just tell us a little bit more about the webinar, who it's yes, for so and where they can go. <clears throat> So, so here in the U.S., we've got we've got one and a half million um, tax exempt nonprofit organizations. Um, and what when I when I put this um, webinar together, I realized you know that there there's a, a every nonprofit has a component of fundraising that mm -hmm. that is part of it, and some of them are ninety percent. They got to raise ninety percent. Um, through, you know, gifts, uh, others are 50 or 20, whatever, but, but there's yeah. always a component there. And, and I felt like, you know, there's, there's a bunch of things that, or there's at least five things that I came up with that I felt like every organization probably should be doing. So, and, and it felt like there was a table sitting in front of them and there's like five golden nuggets that are just, yeah. they're just yeah. sitting there. And so, I decided to go ahead and call this thing the five golden nuggets of uh, fundraising. And they're just, they start from the most basic and they get more complex as you go from one to five. Um, but this is a great webinar um, for anyone. I would say if your organization is less than 10 million, um, certainly if you're less than a million, there's, there's probably gonna be uh, $100,000 worth of value um, that you're gonna take away from uh, the webinar. So um, yeah, so this is good for executive directors, um, for volunteers that are maybe helping out with fundraising, 
um, board members would be great um, fit um, as well. And of course, not just nonprofits. You know, it sounds like there's some real nuggets in here for for many other businesses that they might be able to transfer some of the skills in the webinar into their there own businesses. Well. Yes, there's at least uh, um, probably um, two or three of these could would actually apply um, to um, to yeah to for profit um, businesses yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, great. So, where do people find out about a webinar? What's the the cost associated with it? Uh, yep. how, how do people sign up for it and find out more about it? So, I do have a registration page. Probably the best way is to go to forward1.net. And then if you scroll all the way down, I've got uh, I've got webinars listed at the very bottom in the footer. Okay. Um, and so you just go down there and just click on the registration. Um, that'll yep. take you to the link um, and you can sign up. Um, there's no cost uh, for uh, the webinar itself. Um, yep. I do have I do have some checklists and some other things that I think um, go well. But it may be that that you'd want to have a chat um, yeah. in order to understand a little more um, yeah, yeah. because we can't go into all of the details of specifically how to get everything done. Um, but you will walk away with, uh, I, I believe, you, a, a really good plan yeah. um, on on some action that you can take. So if, if people want to connect with you and uh, perhaps chat with you or discuss you know, the implementation of this or how they can move forward with some of these nuggets that you've got, um, obviously forward1.net, you, you, yep. you mentioned, and it's one, you know, um, O-N-E. Uh, yes, spelled out spelled, O-N-E, yes. Yep. <laughs> um, and also I know you're on LinkedIn, so if people search for Dwight Grant on LinkedIn, um, are there lots of Dwight grants out there? Well, yeah, how there do, is how do they find step. out which one's which? Yeah, so I am not the fighter. So if you're getting a mixed <laughs> martial arts, um, yep. yeah, so I've, ne I've never been a mixed martial arts guy. So yep. <laughs> yep. so an active person, but not in, in the martial arts. Scene, so <laughs> right. great. Yeah, great. And oh, also, um, Simon, people can get directly to my calendar if they would go to uh, chatwithdwight.com. Okay. Wow. That, that takes so, them directly to, yeah, just directly to my calendar and they can book in um, right there. Yeah. So we'll make sure in the show notes, we, we give the uh, link to the website, the LinkedIn and also the, the chat there. Uh, so yeah, amazing. So if you could give the listeners one tip, one lesson to take away from this podcast that they can do something with, uh, and be held accountable for, for doing something with it, what would you say that tip or lesson is? What would you like to share today? Mm. Yeah, I had one tip, but I, um, but given, given where our conversation has mm. been here, um, I, I think that it is um, to, to not be, um, to just not be afraid to, um, to set the boundaries of what your role is. So, I mean, obviously if your role in an organization is to execute, to implement, then, yeah. then great. Um, but if you are, you know, are a consultant or if you are even within an organization, if you're supposed to be providing strategy, then um, to, to be willing to, to work with, with others and to not yeah. necessarily take that um, and, and be the one that has to run everything. 
Um, yeah. So sometimes that might look like delegation. Um, sometimes that might look like just making sure that you've got the definition um, clearly defined as to what you do and what you don't do. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's probably the, the biggest um, takeaway for me at, um, yeah. uh, from this conversation. And I, I always remember having a contracts manager worked in one of my construction companies and you know he was on a good salary. And the number of times I used to think, where's Eric gone? And I'd go back into the stores and there he would be sweeping the floor. <laughs> and I say, Eric, why are you sweeping the floor? He said, because nobody else can sweep it as good as I sweep it. He said, I'm fed up of telling them how to sweep the floor. He said, I don't know why they don't know how to use a brush and a broom. But I said, do you realize how much this floor is costing me by you sweeping it? Yeah. I said, well, and he said, well, nobody else seems to do it. I said, that's because you keep letting them get away with it, isn't it? So I think, yeah, defining those yep. roles and responsibilities and boundaries. I think that's a great tip. Great tip. Uh, so we know where to go to connect with you. Go to forward1.net, go to the bottom of the website and look for the webinars and take away those five nuggets, whether you're a nonprofit, which I think you're going to take a massive amount of value. But if you're a small, medium-sized business, there's probably at least two or three nuggets of value that they're going to take away from there as well. So uh, have a look at that and we'll make sure the links are in the show notes. Coming to the last question, uh, and as the world seems to be in this state of flux of opening and closing and restrictions and non-restrictions, I'm going to keep with the same theme that I've done with most of the podcasts so far and ask you that if you were going to have your next bottle of ice cold Mexican bottled Coca-Cola <laughs> in a dream location, where would that dream location be? You know, Simon, one of the places that we stopped in, uh, when I was in the Grand Canyon, um, it's called the Little Colorado River. Mm -hmm. And it, it flows in now, <clears throat> when it's been raining, it's, it's red mud. It's 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 just it uh, it can turn a clear um, reservoir-fed river into a brown, just frothing mess. But when it's clear, it is the most beautiful, otherworldly place that I've ever been. It's almost like you're in a fairy tale um, spot. And I think there's a couple rocks where if I could if I could get my wife. <laughs> And I, to be able to just be transported there without having to, to float a hundred miles. Yep. Um, or, or to be, hike for 50. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> From the rim down. Uh, it'd be really thirsty though. Um, yep. But yes, I think that would be a fantastic place. I would love, I would love to share that uh, with my wife uh, with a, an ice cold uh, Mexican Coke. Yeah, yeah. And, um, <laughs> absolutely. So you've given us an idea of where it is and who you would have the drink with, but I've got to ask a, a sort of question that always intrigues me with uh, answers like that. What time of day would you, would you be watching the sun come up? Would you be watching the sun go down or would there be some other time of day that you would do that at? Mm, okay. I am going to say morning. Okay. Um, because uh, typically in the Grand Canyon, things heat up. And so I would prefer it to be 
say in the eighties, as opposed to the hundreds. Yeah. Um, and so that would be my, that would probably be the main reason, but morning, Perfect. morning time is just special. It, it's anywhere in the Grand Canyon. I believe, you know, morning is a very special time. Yeah. It's interesting because yeah. one of my bucket list many, many years ago, and we, we tried booking a trip once and uh, to do something on the Grand Canyon. So I'd love to go on a, on a raft down the Grand Canyon. I've, I've only been whitewater rafting twice. And I'll quickly okay. share this story with you before we <clears> wrap up. The first one was in a concrete formed whitewater rafting training center here in the UK. Yeah. And it's okay. used by canoeists and um, Olympic teams and national teams and things like that. But you can, you can, I did it for a, uh, a sort of team building experience with my business. And I was sat on the on the raft, on the inflatable raft, and the guy who was um, in charge of the raft said, who, who organized this, this trip? And one of the team that I got said, oh, Simon, he's, he's the owner of the business. He's the boss. He's organized it. And I swear blind that when we hit the first good wake of water, I felt his hand on my chest <laughs> push me out the raft. <laughs> and I came up underneath the raft in this concrete blocks of things. It was, it was a most, yeah, it, I wouldn't say it was terrifying, but it was certainly not pleasant. He swears blind, he didn't push me, but I, I'm pretty sure I felt it. all five fingers as a palm pushing mm -hmm. me there. The other time that I've done it uh, was in the Dominican Republic and we had a whole day coming down from the mountains uh, arranged, but I had to get taken to a hospital because something bit me whilst we were on the river and I suffered anaphylactic shock uh, and I had to be uh, taken mid journey in an ambulance to this hospital in the uh, Dominican Republic on the Haiti border uh, to have an adrenaline injection stuck into my chest to get me going again. And uh, it was interesting because I had two sets of doctors. I had a doctor in a white medical coat who gave me the injection. And then I had another doctor who came around with a chicken's foot waving it over me so that was not a good experience of white water rafting neither so oh my yeah. goodness you know Simon I so I I had been doing a bison raft event um yep. here in Colorado and actually working with the guys that I sold to um so I still go up from time to time and just yep. love to get on the river well that's um, still on my bucket list to come and do that with I'll you so you there what, we go you got to come out to Colorado where yep. we don't have uh, poisonous um, things, you know, they're going to bite you. And, um, and <laughs> exactly. I'm pretty sure that I could uh, make an agreement with you to not, not do not that. Push me over. Yeah, push me over. <laughs> yeah. So you, you've shared some amazing things uh, with us. I think a really good story of the, the theme behind Remember the Titans movie as well. I think that's a really poignant, uh, common interest. And I think that ties into the topic that we've been talking about as well, about, you know, working together not just working in a silo not becoming the person that does everything for them and then you leave the business in a state where it's vulnerable to that linchpin uh, redundancy as as well and lots of lessons there about having that that sort of relationship and how we need to change that and thank you for sharing some some great stories as well and yeah i never knew about coca-cola and bottled bug coca-cola so i'm going to check now when i when I go to the local store, I don't know what it's like here in the UK, but I'm going to check the bottle. I'm going to see where, it, okay. where it's actually bottled. 
Um, because yeah. most of ours <clears throat> comes in either plastic or in cans, but occasionally you do get a glass bottle. So I'm going to check that out. Yeah, well, Definitely. and you got to look at if they got the ingredients, you have to look for the cane sugar versus cane sugar. the corn syrup. Yeah, totally. That's, and that's of course, big... listeners, go and listen to the, the webinar. Sign up for one of the events at forward1.net and, uh, and reach out to Dwight as well on LinkedIn or through the website and through the candy link uh, that he shared as well. It's been amazing having you on the podcast. I know it was going to be a delight. Uh, and you know, listeners, I really hope that you've taken something from it and that this will be something that you can go out and do. Look at every relationship you've got with your team, with your clients, with your customers, with your supply chain, and make sure you've got that relationship balanced and also that you've got that common interest of the team and the success of the team ahead of any individual pride or performance or reliance as well. And thank you very much for being on the podcast, Dwight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for the invitation, Simon. Uh, this was uh, this was great. And listeners, as always, I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you. Thank you.